Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tense. Starring the tense. Start. The. Uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. Ha-ha. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right, well, welcome to another episode of the Home Edition, because uh, we were just trying to take a group photo, because we do like a thumbs up to make sure everybody's ready. Can't just kind of look at each other in the studio anymore. So I like thumbs up. It's like we're fighter pilots. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just like fighter pilots. It always goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on, man? Speaking of fighter pilots, no Blue Angels this year, but happy summer, everyone. It's finally here, and that weather outside is banging. Let's go. <laughs> All right, back there recording, getting all the photos done. Matt Connor, the producer, MCCC. What's up, Matt? Hey, Dad. Uh, yeah, that's the first thing. It is summer. It got warm. It's a little bit cooler, but yeah, Sunday, Sunday and Monday were cooking, man. Like for people that don't live in Seattle, like ninety degrees is warm for us. First day in the nineties in like two hundred and something days. Or no, was it over two years? Is that what it was? It's been a while. It was. I know it was somewhere high three hundred. So I think it was just. You know what? I'm not sure. Yep. <laughs> Either way, it felt good, man. Felt good. Were you in a body? When I talked to you, you were hanging outside. Did you get in some water? Oh, yeah. I went and jumped in the lake uh, twice down. Um, man, I don't even know what that park is called. Kind of over by Madison Beach on Lake Washington. How about you? Uh, I did not. I sat next to the water and drank a roadie sitting on a guardrail uh, down, by the, down by Lake Union. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, maybe just waiting for something to open and then watch the Mariners games at the dock. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wait, the bar, the dock. Yeah. Great spot. Great spot. And like, they already had a huge deck, but now their whole parking lot is a, is outside. Yeah. I like that place. I used to live right by there. Yeah. You we've too. been in there. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Cotton lived at the same place at different times. That's funny. Matt, I forget you live there. Like, you've been there. You live there more recently because I drove by the, uh, the uh, barracks. The barracks. And I almost texted Cobb, like, yo, just drove by. <laughs> yeah, it's a great spot. Uh, yeah, the dock is Salome. It was a good time. Saturday was nice and sunny out. And then uh, I was hanging out with our buddy Barnes. And then we went up to this cool place called Citizen Cafe. From Lower Queen Anne, they have a massive outdoor area and like misters by the bar and everything. Like, it was it was a good day to be outside. Yeah, it's a very Austin vibe over there. I like that spot. Yeah, that's why Barnes was like, "You got to try this place." Like, I'm pretty sure you'll like it. And I was like, "All right, <laughs> dude." He's got your number, man. Outdoor sports bar and then like an outdoor Queen Anne spa with a bunch of attractive women. That's perfect. I will say, and like, I am far from one of those people that like. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, if I don't know you, it's not my business what you're doing. Like, I'm not going to try to be like the dad or try to help you out. But we're, we are sitting up by the bar, like literally in the shade. And there's like a mister hitting us, right? So, I mean, this is I, ideal outdoor seating for me. And over in the sun, it's just this one girl. And I mean, she is like lobster red. And I just, like, I couldn't stop looking over at her. I was like, Barnes, like, I, this would be out of line. I just want to run over and cover her in lotion. Like, I feel bad. It's like, you are torched. Right? 
Uh, dude, that's so funny that you have that instinct, man. Cause I do too. I wear these sunglasses that have like, um, uh, what's it called? It's, Ted, you've seen them before, but it's like an Amber, um, lens to them and they're polarized and you can see people getting burned before they're really roasted. And so you can like see burns really early with these things. And I always see people and I'm just like, Oh God, that person's fried. And sometimes I'll see someone who's already starting to show a little bit of a burn to the naked eye. And it's just like, Oh my God, they're going to be out for three, four days. <laughs> right. And that was, and I want to say something. I can't. And that was my thought process too, as I was like, geez, man, like this is Saturday afternoon. Like, you're going to have to go home, take a super hot shower, just sting it all out. And then, like, when you wake up before in the morning, like, oh, like your arms. And Shannon, like, she was just wearing, like, a tank top. I was like, you're going to be so uncomfortable. She's going to be done for. Dude, that's the thing, man. It's tough to fight that instinct, you know? Because, like, you, you're right. You don't want to be a dad. You don't want to roll over there in, like, white dad force ones and be like, hey, young lady, I think you should whatever. And, <laughs> but at the same time, you're like, does this really want to, girl want to get scorched? I actually kind of had a similar moment when I jumped in the water. I forgot about this. I wasn't going to tell it, but I jumped in the water and there's these three girls trying to get out of the water, but they're like kind of screaming. They're like, oh, I can't get out of the water. I can't. And I couldn't tell if they were being serious or not. And so I like, you know, I was kind of swimming around, but I was like keeping an eye on them because I was a lifeguard and uh, just like, Hey, you know, I think like they're cool. They're still talking and stuff. And uh, so I get out and I'm there with my girlfriend and uh, like with the COVID stuff, I was, being pretty avoidant there was a lot of people out on that dock finally i was like hey do you need help are you okay and i kind of walk over and uh she sort of like looks at me and then looks away and like says help again and i was like okay so i kind of wander back to my stuff sure enough like three guys who she had a crush on like came over cool young 17 year old dudes and like helped her out of the water i was like yeah man she doesn't want your old ass help <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm trying to flare with those dudes. <laughs> oh, man, that's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, I got to ask though, do you think she actually needed help or she was just trying to get those dudes? Do well, I, so that's the thing. I think she, <laughs> I think if push had come to shove, she could have gotten out of the water, but it was like kind of tough. And she just straight ignored me to my face. Like I approached her. There was no way she didn't hear it. I was like the only one within 30 feet of her and uh yeah so i think she was borderline she probably could have gotten out on her own but she was trying to flirt with these dudes it was like three young black chicks three young black dudes and i was just like man you are just not wanted here Aaron. your services are not needed cub <laughs> so anyway pretty humbling it hurt i felt old <laughs> i told you like a month ago when the protests kept coming by like one night i was handing out waters same thing, just younger girl, like probably like 21, 22, but she just leans in and she meant it very nicely. But she was just like, thank you, sir, for supporting the movement. I was like, man. <laughs> just like, damn it. Right? I was like, I know I'm just a bald 40-year-old dude with a beard, but like. I'm one of you. <laughs> right? I'm Don't about play this. me like that. Right? <laughs> and you're above But it hurts. Yeah. Right? It hurts, man. And it's got to be crazy when you're like a legit old person. When you're like 65 and you're looking 65, like it's, it's got to be alienating. Yeah, but it's I think weird because I still feel age, young. I feel like after a certain age, though, you're just like older. Like I'm in that bad zone now where it's like, like I don't know how to explain it. Sometimes just like 
there's an opportunity where I'd say something and it's just real quick. It's like, I'm, I'm just gonna look like a creepy old dude if I enter this conversation with these 21 year olds. Dude, that's how, that's why I waited so long. That girl was probably like 16 or 17, right? She's like in a bikini. And I was just like, I mean, I'm here with a girl. I'm not trying to creep on you, but you sound like you actually need help. You know what I mean? Like she just, it was this floating dock and she like couldn't get up on it. I thought she was trapped in the water. I fought my instinct for over a minute of her asking for help before I was like, do you need help? <laughs> Bob, I gotta ask, did you have the mustache? I did. It oh, probably nice. didn't help. I like the mustache. <laughs> I was gonna say, you pull it off well, but that's not generally, uh, I'm gonna talk to 17 year old girls like, good work. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me holler at this pale ass dude with the mustache. <laughs> yeah yeah it hurt boys i'm not gonna lie to you it hurt <laughs> yeah i mean at a restaurant or whatever you can deal with the sirs right but yeah <laughs> sir is always tough yeah like i get that a lot at the grocery store and i'm just like what i'm like dude we're the same age yeah i get that and sometimes i'll say something that like I think people are shocked that I know. <laughs> and they're mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, do you know what that is? Like, dude, yeah, what, what's wrong with you? How dare you? You know what's also weird is when cops are younger than you. That's tough for me to handle. That's just weird power dynamic. Have you had that, either of you? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that one's weird. I think for a lot of people, it's weird when they have bosses and stuff that are younger than them. Yeah. You know, that throws some people off too. Dude, that'd be terrible. I've only had maybe like three employees that were older than me. And it was, I always felt uncomfortable in those situations. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't know. The boss's one isn't that weird. You're right though. Power positions. I'm trying to think too. Like, I mean, I think it's odd sometimes in the NFL, like what's his name? The coach is the Rams, right? Like he's younger than a bunch of dudes in the, in the league. Yeah. That would, God, I know, man. It's weird. I don't know. For some people, like, age isn't a big thing. But for me, I feel like I always, there's always some sort of, I don't know, age is always a factor, you know? Yeah. Except when you don't want it to be. When you're, like, 20. <laughs> like, dude, in one year, I can go to every bar I want to. <laughs> dude, all right, man. I know this is kind of, like, a little bit off color or whatever. But, like, at what age do you guys think women reach their peak attractiveness? I just got to, I got to know. Real talk. I mean, I would say early. I mean, peak probably early <laughs> 20s. There's a reason cheerleaders in Miss America are generally, are, are in their early 20s. Like they're college. Just to watch both of you squirm was enough <laughs> for me. Thank God for Zoom. What do you say, Cobb? But I mean, d- dude, I'm right there with you, you know, like I, I don't, I feel, I've always felt throughout my life, like the women who are my age generally are the most attractive to me, but I, I will say, you know, 22, 24 range is pretty, pretty attractive universally. Right. I think that's the difference too. Like the, the older you get, the more like, <laughs> there's just more attractive women that are your age and stuff, but it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't take away from the fact that, like, yeah, like, that chick's real hot. She's 22. I noticed Matt was conspicuously silent on well, that topic. Like, my, in- my instinct was really 
it depends because I do think some people blossom later in life. But across the board, yeah, that, um, you know, I mean, that 22 to 24, you know what? I'll say 19 to 23, like if we're keeping it real. I mean, I think you could also make the argument, too, that's when athletes peak as well. Now, obviously, some people get better in their later 20s at certain positions like quarterback and stuff, but there's a lot of people, especially look at Olympics and stuff, like their peak is their early 20s. Yeah, I would say it very much depends on the sport. I mean, women can peak as young as like 14 or 16 for like swimming and gymnastics and things like that. So, yeah. The, the, the one thing I do want to say, though, to couch this conversation, there's a book called um, The Way of the Superior Man by David Dita, and he has this chapter that I love, and I quote all the time the title of it, Allow Older Women Their Magic. I feel like he sums it up perfectly, which is true, man. Like, you know, some of the older women out there, like, they got some magic, man. They, they got some tricks in the bag. So I don't count them out at all. This is nothing against them, but just, yeah. Yeah, and let's be honest. Like, it would be tough. For me, it would be very hard to date somebody that young. It would be impossible for me. Yeah. Like what, are, what are we talking about? <laughs> like, you want to go out tonight? It's Tuesday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you want to go get an order of wings, a couple beers, that's one thing. You want to go like out with your friends? Like, can't see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't see myself at a dive bar tonight. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of going out and uh, attractive women, have you heard the latest update from the NBA bubble? Um, I heard an update. Uh, I think I might know what you're gonna say, but I'm not sure. So, Does it involve a famous place where people entertain themselves in Atlanta? Yes. Damn right it does. <laughs> so Lou Williams is a basketball player for the Clippers. He, got, he left the bubble to go to like his like an in-law's – somebody – an in-law's funeral, right? So then on the way back, somebody snapped a picture of him at Magic City, which is an uh, entertainment club, a strip club, if you will. And he's like, yo, I just went in for the wings. So now this whole thing is like blown up. And like everybody's just like coming out of the woodwork and being like, I saw Pat McAfee was like, real talk, the wings there are fire. I mean, I looked at five pictures of the wings today from Magic City. Like, right, they had like, it was like a combo plate of like catfish bite, like wings and, and, and uh, crinkle french fries. So I was like, man, that looks good. A crinkle cut fry. Wait, so what do they do then? So is he on? Does he like miss games and miss pay for that? Like, how much did this plate of wings cost him? Well, that's the thing is that I think because he left, he had to come back and quarantine and have like, uh, so he didn't test positive or anything. So I, don't, I don't know if the league actually got him in trouble or not. I think they're just like, hey, no more stopping out for wings. Not a good uh, look. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we're going to a freaking strip club. <laughs> Right, so during a quarantine, <laughs> that was kind of like the conversation I was trying to get to as well. Is like, listen, I fully believe these chicken wings might be worth it. And like, I mean, look, the steak bites at the Acrop and the bacon wrapped sirloin at the Acropolis in Portland are top notch. Dude, look, I'll go conspiracy theory. I'll say it, man. The wings is a cover story by a PR guy. He's been trapped in a bubble with either his wife only or no partner only. These people are in the NBA. They are used to, they're, they're not used to skirt steak. I mean, we're talking top sirloin 
you know, New York strip type Eden dudes. And like, if you're going to go hit magic city, get it done and get back to the bubble. We know why he was there. Don't hit me with, they got the best wings in Atlanta. Come on. I don't know. Come on. I don't know, man. I've been to Ted Smith. That's what I'm saying. I go to the A crop for the state. I mean, the entertainment's nice, but generally I go there to eat dinner and then go to another strip club. Dude, you're, you're an I read playboy for the articles kind of guy. That's the defense you're going to give me right now for our boy here. Okay. So, I mean, (laughs) it's like Hooters, man. Like Hooters is a great atmosphere, but you go for the wings. Ted, I know you. I know you. Ten years, man. <laughs> I don't buy it. Just saying it could be possible that, number one, he wanted to see some entertainment, but number two, these, I'm telling you, the plate of food looked amazing to me. I don't doubt that the wings are good. I do doubt that that's why he was there. Matt, thoughts? You know, I've, uh, you know, I've had some, some really good uh, – Ice blended mochas at some bikini barista stands, you know. So who am I to cast judgment in this situation? Uh, I gotta, you know, it's seems like Atlanta's a wild place, and um, you know their strip club club game is on a level that most of the rest of the country can't yeah. comprehend. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Do these wings, in fact, are that good? Orlando. They are bubbling in Orlando. You're telling me to my wait, face on, that there is no on. better wing. Hang on. You're, you're skipping a giant point there. He got permission to leave to go to the funeral. Right. And you're telling me that there is no better chicken wing between Orlando and Atlanta, Georgia, that this guy could have gotten to bring back to the bubble, except at the most notorious strip club in the country. Well, I mean, look, you could say the gold club's the most notorious one. Let's not get into semantics. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm also saying is I think Atlanta has such a culture with the strip clubs. So, like, (laughs) we all know both both reasons. But, like, maybe he just didn't give it a second thought. It was like, I want some wings. I'll pop into Magic City. But, first of all, I I already knew the name of that club, but I I am going there to get chicken wings out of spite for everybody. (laughs) Uh, you know my feelings, man. I don't know what else else to tell you guys. I like that Ted's using quarantine to update his goals and aspirations. And now it's like, I'm going to get some wins for Magic City when this is all over. Ted, you know, here's what I want you to do, okay? Listen to me and listen closely. When you get into Magic City and the wings taste like shit, you call me and you apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we were looking them up today at work, and Miles goes, there's not a lot of pictures of these wings. And I was like, well, it's a strip club. I think they kind of frown on you. Like, Even if you were just taking photos of the wings, like, it's not a good look to pull out your phone and snap pictures in a strip club. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> in fact, a lot of places will probably kick you out. Definitely. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. Got my mind. got my mind working a little. I also – I just love that was one of the – like. Yeah, man, I was there for chicken wings. <laughs> I'm just walking home. <laughs> Dude, I, I respect the PR guy. I'll say that. I, I love the spin. <laughs> uh, all right, so sticking with random food, have you guys heard of a watermelon burger? 
No. I've heard of grilling watermelon. All right, so this is the whole idea. Like, you cut it in, like, the shape of a burger. I want to say, damn, I don't know how to read measurements. Two Three inches. Quarters. It was two something, maybe two centimeters. Does that seem about right? Yeah. Yeah, about, like, yeah, half an inch or something. There's a few recipes for it out there. Somebody just tweeted it at me t- this afternoon, and I was like, you know, watermelon burger looked pretty good. What do you put like, on that thing? They were like rubbing oil on it and stuff, and then I'm going to say salt and pepper and then grilling it. I think the oil kind of gives it a little bit of a coat. But it was just oh. – like it comes out with like a char, and I mean it, it almost looked like an ahi burger. And actually, you know, putting the oil on it could kind of sear in the flavor. Like I know, you know, that's something that's done with steaks pretty regularly. Yeah, I just – I don't know. I was looking at it today, and I was like, I wonder if anybody's actually tried this thing. Ted, dude, God, this is why I love you, man. I seriously, like, Ted Smith wow. goes healthy, and what does he find? Like, the watermelon cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> like, if that's not the quintessential Ted topic, I don't know what is. Okay, guys, I found this, uh, found this burger. I don't know. People have been talking about it. <laughs> Actually, as soon as I read it, I was like, you know what? I bet Matt would be up for trying this out on Saturday. I was you guys already, to, I already wrote it down, and I was going to surprise you, but, yeah, that's 100% happening, Ted. <laughs> right. I was like, I'll just send the article to Mitch tonight. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Cut yeah, me out hilarious. as a middleman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm dead serious. Like, I saw that before the cast started and got kind of hyped on it. I was like, wait a minute now. This, this could be something, boys. <laughs> I'm going to be this outside and play through this grill this weekend. It's summer. Oh, yeah. Well, also, I was like, be a nice test run. Worst case scenario, like, like, for me, I'd have to buy a whole, whole watermelon for one person. So, I'm like, this could be a good test run. Ted, I got a tip, for, a hot tip for you. At What's Trader that? Joe's, they have, like, they're called watermelon chunks. And you know how they'll cut up fruit and put it in a little plastic case? They do right. that with watermelon. It is super lush and delicious. I had it uh, yesterday or two days ago, and it's like four bucks. Really good watermelon, big, thick slices. You can make this happen without having to buy a whole watermelon. I'll tell you right now. I thought you were going to talk about the mini watermelons. I don't even know what that is. You don't know about mini watermelons? I mean, they're kind of similar to mini cupcakes, like a miniature version of a miniature version of a cake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a very descriptive name. (laughs) I don't have much more to add to it. I mean, like how big we talking here? Yeah. They're like, they're like uh, cantaloupe size. And round instead of like that oval, whatever shape, whatever you call it, 3D oval. Dude, I thought it was funny last year when we went to Burning Man. That was one thing on the list, on all Brad's list, was like, do not bring watermelons. And I've read that a bunch. Like, apparently people just bring watermelons, but like nobody ever takes the time to cut them off and eat them. It's like every year, (laughs) a bunch of watermelon. With that said, on Saturday night when I cooked, I think I made salted watermelon for everybody. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that sounds glorious. Yeah. You know what's funny? We're doing, I, I don't know. It happens every time we do this podcast. It's after work. It's in the evening. I just almost went like, man, I'm getting hungry. What's that stuff called? Tajin? T-A-J-I-N? You guys know about that? It's like no. this little seasoning salt for fruit. It's like, it's reddish. Oh, oh, man. No. It's, you see that on all, like, the, the Mexican street carts and stuff, right? Yeah. I think it's yeah. called tahine. I might be wrong. 
Um, but it's it's awesome. I had it at a wedding a couple of years ago, and game changer for like watermelon, pineapple, basically like all the summer fruits. I haven't put it on berries, but um, all the melon family do good with it. Mm. I'm going to have to get down on that. Yeah. All right, Mr. Cobb, we got some emails. Yo, boy. Uh, let me pull them up real quick. I have them up, but in a different little window. Okay, just so you guys remember, I can't see you when I'm reading these. Otherwise, I have to have it too small in my thing. So if you need to sign language something, just you have to say it out loud. Oh, whoa. Perfect. Greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. What is your favorite book you have ever read? You guys have probably heard of this book or read it already, but my favorite book is The Way of the Superior Man by David Dita. <laughs> this is the only book that I will read over and over again whenever I feel like my perspective on life could use some tuning. It never fails to motivate me and inspire me, so hopefully it could do the same for you. Keep up the good work, Colorado Jake. Nice. Jake, allow older women their magic. Chapter 13. <laughs> I don't know what chapter it is, but it's pretty good. Cool. You're the first person to ever mention that book to me. Uh, have you read it, Ted, or no? Not the whole thing. You let me borrow it, but I don't think I ever finished it. Yeah, it's kind of a slow burner. Different parts of it. It's one of those books that different parts of it kind of hit you at different times. I don't know that it necessarily needs to be read through. It's one you can kind of open up to wherever feels good. Hola to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. I've been a locked and loaded listener since episode 10 and look forward to each new episode. What is my favorite book? Does your, uh, does risking your life fighting forest fires sound interesting? Does risking your life parachuting out of an airplane sound interesting? Does risking your life in the wilderness of Alaska and the West sound interesting? People who fight forest fires are at least half a tick off center. As someone who does this, I should know. However, People who risk their lives by parachuting out of airplanes to fight forest fires, called smoke jumpers, in Alaska are a special breed unto their own. Jumping Fire by Murray Taylor is a great book recounting many of the stories from his career. I highly recommend it, and it's a good peek into the world of wildland firefighting. FYI, as of today, July 22nd, 2020, it's been 2,798 days since the last time the Cougs beat my beloved Huskies in the Apple Cup. Go dogs and bow down to Washington. Your friendly Whoa. forester and wildland firefighter, B-Dub. Oh, what a great finish. That is awesome. Damn. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up that book. That sounds great. But what a finish. Just like, by the way, bow down. He came in hot. Unintended. Yeah, what is there to say? What is there to say? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, one d- uh, best book. One Day in the Life of Ivan, uh, I'm going to butcher this, Denisovich is a great, fast read. Uh, it is also the only book that was assigned in school that I actually read all the way through. Good story. Uh, whoever you are will take something away from it, but we will all take away very different things. Thanks for the cast. Stay safe out there. Nice. For, for people who want to look it up, it's uh, Ivan, I-V-A-N, Denisovich, D-E-N-I-S-O-V-I-C-H. Nice. Uh, sup, boys? On the topic of lake house or beach house, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. So many variables, but I'll have to go with the lake house. I love refreshing, clean waters of Lake Chelan, and that's the lake I would choose to live on. As far as books go, I'd say the most influential book for me as of late uh, would have to be Oxygen Advantage by Patrick McCune. 
He writes about all the advantages of breathing through the nose and how our bodies use oxygen and CO2 and how by breathing uh, through the nose could possibly reverse some asthma and sleep asnea, ap apnea. It's a really good read. Go Kraken. You're a Zamboni guy. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah, Zamboni guy's got to be fired up. Yeah. I wonder also, how many people started breathing through their nose just then when you were reading that email. I, I'm sure I'm not the only one after people listen to this. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> uh, also, me and my brother got into it uh, about the lakes versus saltwater. There's a lot more saltwater fans than I expected. What, was it the town or the beach itself or what, what was the big case? So kind of both. Like, cause we're used to growing up with those East coast beaches. So he was like, man, I just spent a few days down there and it was like somebody else's house that they like rented. But he was like, he was like, I love the lake last year. And he made a good point that he goes, but if you don't have a boat and you're on like a lake where your house is like not on the water, like it kind of limits your access to the lake. Like the boat's a huge part of it. Uh, like Matt's at like, right. Where Matt's at's great, but it's on the lake. And then he was also saying, like, just opening the door and looking out at the ocean. He was like, it's pretty awesome. And I was like, well, those are valid, valid points. Yeah, that's true. Plus, I feel like on the East Coast, the beach is a little bit more of a scene. Like, the number of people to square miles or linear miles of beach is a lot higher. Where, like, in Washington, the beaches are kind of empty and sort of sad. Yeah. Washington, I mean, right. Everybody. Goes we, we weren't even in the discussion. Yeah, like the Washington Beach doesn't even come up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Washington Beaches. I mean, I still go to them, but yeah, like that's not California. I mean, it's not even like the Oregon Beaches. I, you been you to said Ocean I Shores, pick bro? California Beaches. Well, you said you were thinking of Orange County and Hawaii, and you're like, I just think it's warmer there. And I'm like, all right, well, let's pick an East Coast Beach where it's not always warm. Okay, so you're talking about like central to northern California? I'm just saying Washington beaches don't compare to any other beaches because they're, they're just, they're too northwest. To like, no one would pick them, yeah. Right. Like you go there for a weekend of camping and you want a warm shower afterwards. Right. And that's in July. So we're talking like an LA 8. <laughs> If you live in the state of Washington, the reason, there's a reason Lake Chelan is like the spot in this state. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Cobb's Book Club. Greetings <laughs> to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. Uh, when listening last week, I decided to share my favorite books with you guys that I feel people should read. The two I would recommend are The Long Run by Matt Long. It's the story of a New York firefighter's road to recovery after being run over by a bus uh, to running the New York Marathon. The second book is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, written by a badass mother bleeper, his life story and how he dealt with his childhood helped me with a lot of things. Uh, I hope you enjoy these books if you read them. Uh, if you want more lighthearted Paddle Your Own Canoe by Nick Offerman, it's great. Stay classy and stay safe. Ron. Nice. The, uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins is like has some really powerful stuff, and but I listened to it on the audiobook, and... I, they did a cool thing where like the guy, the narrator was a friend of David's and they would like talk and do like an unabridged, like almost like podcast segments between after stories or whatever. But I kind of wanted to hear D David Goggins voice. Like I follow him on Instagram. I've heard him on Rogan. So I didn't finish it. I might just read it so that I can read it in David Goggins voice. 
because that's always fun when it's somebody when you're reading and it's somebody whose voice you know and you can like hear it like that. I yeah, I got that. people paying me to uh, record books for them, like nighttime stories. Really? Yeah, they're more like penthouse letters. Like I wrote one the other night about a basketball player that likes chicken wings and gets caught in trouble. Greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. I stumbled upon a book last year that I fell in love with called The Baghdad Clock. It's beautifully translated Arabic fiction that follows the story of a couple girls growing up in Baghdad during the wars where Americans bombed their city. Though it's fiction, I really got a sense of what it must have been like to live there at the time and really connected with the characters. I felt like it helped me gain some perspective of how we're all connected. A nonfiction I really enjoyed was a Seth Godin book called The Icarus Deception. It's a little dated since it was published in 2012, but the main points Seth makes is to be courageous and make art. No matter what business you're in, I will benefit from creating art because art is what connects us to each other. I agree with that, Michelle. The only thing I would caveat say, authentic art. Uh, Notable mentions, the four agreements and the language of emotions. These are my faves for introspective work. Not sure if anyone else has been looking inward this year, but it's a good time for it. And these books really help me out. Anyway, thanks for everything you guys do. Miss you all, Michelle. Nice. The language of emotions. Michelle, I totally agree. The Four Agreements was great. Um, pretty like simple, straightforward book recommended by my friend Jen in Oregon. I really liked it. Um, Seth Godin's stuff has been tough for me to get into, but I like some of his articles for sure. And uh, I totally agree on going introspective. I think a lot of people have been doing that this year. And if they haven't, you know, there's a lot of space for it. And it's definitely a good time to... Um, I, I, I think the whole corona thing has been forcing people to reevaluate what's important to them in their life and how they're spending their time and energy and effort. And, you know, if, if necessary, make a change or if not, you know, keep on trucking, but I, I'm totally with you. It's been forcing me to look inward for sure. Yeah. I feel like the, there's some of it is the opposite of that. Yeah. Some people, I got you. Some people are like completely afraid of, I think, I think Corona has shown some people are just like holding on just everything they know and, and everything else. They just don't seem very apt to change much at all. It's like, well, you only have a choice right now because most of the world as we know it is changing, whether it's sports, business, you know, like the way we interact with each other. Like, it, it, <laughs> like this one's kind of – we're going to have to deal with it. We're going to have to learn. <laughs> I love that you said that because I've been thinking a lot about the phrase letting go recently because there's so many things we hold on to, whether it's like our – you know, identity or our routines or, you know, like what we thought this year was going to look like, you know, holding on to the ideal or how this year is throwing us off track. And it's sending a lot of people, a lot of curveballs. And the only part of that that's painful, I mean, they talk about a lot in Buddhism. Ram Dass talks about it. It's like, is your clinging to that idea or identity. And as soon as you let go and let it slip through your fingers, it's no longer painful. But as long as you're trying to hold on. And for me personally, Um, you know, I feel like letting things go is difficult. And so it's been like forced upon like patience, I would say is the main thing. And it's been sort of forced upon me to be like, look, like you need to abandon your previous timelines and be patient. And it's really hard to do, but it's kind of a major benefit I would say of this is it's, you know, sort of forcing that lesson upon us. I think there's a lot that can be taken away from these times. And I think ultimately 10 years from now, 
this will have probably been a positive for a lot of people, but it feels like a negative to a lot of people right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Flint. Uh, all right. Yeah. I got nothing to update. We'll be around. Uh, I'm going to see Matt this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, going to go swimming in a freaking lake, which I'm very excited about. You got to see my backflips, dog. <laughs> By the way, can I bring a pair of clippers? It is very long over here. Oh, yeah. Please. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. We'll start the day off right like that. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's check in with Matt, see what's Matt then. Um, all right, well, yeah, we, um, we were just talking about books. Over the past week, I've been reading a book um, called Dope World, um, Adventures in Drugland, I think it's is the subtitle, but it is a fascinating, like, look at drugs from a – Got, but like the historical context that like I'm learning a lot um, and the guys lived some wild stories. He has plenty of firsthand experience. So it's like lively and exciting and entertaining, but also super educational. And uh, I'm really enjoying that. So I wanted to, I like, it had just showed up last Tuesday when Cobb asked that question and I wasn't going to, you know, I was like, I'm excited about this book, but it's been awesome so far. So um, that's been like an ongoing theme of the week. Um, and uh, the other big things, um, let's see, Saturday uh, I went golfing with uh, my buddy John that listens to the podcast. That's how I met him. He just reached out on Instagram and we started golfing together and he's an awesome dude. And Hi. his fiance and – uh, Tyler and I all met up at Willows and Redmond, and that was a ton of fun. And I shot the best round of my life, an 87. I got below 90. Um, it was awesome. I, nice. yeah. So that was that was just fun, good vibes, great weather, and you know, it just felt like a normal summer day. Like golf's one of the like acceptable activities, and like throw in a little social interaction. Uh, and then the next day, uh, jo our buddies George and Nick came over to the lake. So then I'm, like, hanging out with some friends and joining. So, and it was, like, nice to have a little bit of, like, very small group but, like, summer normalcy. And George and Nick are just, like – I mean, I love you, too. Like, they're, they're like you guys. So it was, like, how awesome are these two? And, like, how lucky am I to be their friends? And – just a great day and uh nick was showing he has a gym gymnastics background um because of course he does uh, and he was teaching me about the backflips and uh you know we just had a great day um hanging out over here i made some blts like oh nice blts are my other thing i have like blts and wings that's that's like it but uh, where like I'm confident, like oh, some people I like are coming over. Like here, allow me. And uh, so I kind of said something like that. And then like as we sat down and ate, Nick was like, "Yeah, you were talking a big game in there, but you backed it up. Nice work." <laughs> so, is there is there an A option? Uh, man, sometimes there wasn't this time. Uh, I don't think to put avocado on it, but um. 
I like avocado on it. I put it on it, but it's not, it's not part of it. For me, the big things are like Johnny's seasoning salt and toasting the bread ahead of time because it's not going to toast when you melt the cheese on top of the bacon. Uh, but Quiznos, and there was this joint. Do you guys remember Giorgio's? Wait a minute. You're putting cheese on the BLT? Yeah, and I melt it. All right, all right. Swiss, we did Havarti, um, Pepper Jack, Munster. Like, you can get wild with it. Um, I don't go, like, cheddar. Um, but, uh, yeah, those those kind of um, – Swiss was where I started, but I've branched out over the years, and they're all good. But, yeah, melting the cheese, uh, like Quiznos and Giorgio's taught me about that at a young age. I implemented it into my game, and, you know, the results have been good. So – that's cool. Um, and then uh, I got a uh, practice drum setup. So I've been just hanging out with a metronome and some sticks and just trying to get my left limbs down and just like having a great time. You know, we're talking about quarantine and stuff. And like, I've always loved drums and drummers and thought it was like fascinating and thought it like would be cool to learn. Um, and this is like a good opportunity for that. Um, so yeah. I'm seizing it and it's been a blast. You know, I mean like stupidly simple, like, you know, like should be embarrassing, but I've just being a trainer and helping people like start out with exercise. Like the idea of starting something new from square one is actually a little bit exciting to me. Um, so I'm really just like embracing how, how not coordinated I am with my left side. Um, but yeah, my buddy Dave, uh, he's a drummer from Pound, hooked me up with a little practice setup. And it's been a blast, man. I'm having a real good time with that. I listened to Lamb of God yesterday after practicing. And wow, dude, you'll get a whole new appreciation for drums if you just spend 10 minutes with a metronome and try and stay on beat at a very slow beats per minute with your left limbs and then go listen to Lamb of God. You're just going to be like, what in the hell is going on? Uh, I mean, I so yeah, that, man. Yeah. I was going to say, that's the same thing for me with like public learning to have, how to actually take a touch like while running and it changes the viewing experience of watching other like professionals play soccer. Oh yeah. I, I believe that a hundred percent. Yeah. They make it look so easy and effortless out there. Same thing with golf. Like, Go play around and then turn on the PGA Tour when you get home. You'll be like, what are these guys doing? Um, so, yeah, it's cool to embrace a new craft and appreciate it even more as a result. Nice. That was the weekend. All right, man. That sounds freaking solid. Playing the drums. Uh, all right. Well, I guess it's not truly that time. Boom, 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 boom. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. I don't really know if we're allowed to say this word, but it is a medical term. The other day I was on my scooter. I was driving by the penis building in downtown Seattle and uh, it gave me inspiration for this week's cop topic. Yes, I will explain the building. The cop topic this week is what is a real urban legend of your hometown? What is a real urban legend of your hometown? Email us, email at the podcast.com. Uh, so the penis building to give these guys some time is this building in downtown Seattle. I hope I can get all the facts right. It's a skyscraper in downtown Seattle. 
um, right by uh, the Columbia Tower. You drive by it when you're on the freeway, and it was built by this famous architect in the 70s. It's the King County Administration Building. It's where a bunch of their administrative offices are. And the issue was, um, so this architect uh, was hired for buildings all over the city. He was very well known. And then it came out that he was gay. And, um, you know, not a big deal in current times, but at that time, apparently a lot of people had an issue with that lifestyle. And so they dropped his contracts. Um, but the one contract that um, he was already working on and they couldn't pull back on was the King County Municipal Tower. So he made it a giant, probably 70 story tall penis in the middle of downtown Seattle. And it is not subtle. I mean, it's not like, oh, maybe it's as soon as you know what it is, and you look at it you'll know and you'll you can never unsee it so just google the penis building seattle have fun reading about it. that is an urban legend that turned out to be true so anyway what is a real urban legend of your hometown and in the emails if you could keep them to like a couple lines so it's not too crazy that i would appreciate it and that's a tough one yeah I'm, i know i appreciate you stalling Cobb, but it wasn't enough time for me <laughs> Uh, I mean, it could even be like a neighborhood thing, you know, somebody died or what, you know, whatever, some weird like ghost story. I mean, all I can really think about were like, yeah, you just kind of like hear rumors about like people that were like older and like, you know, stories involving sex and drugs that sometimes were true, sometimes weren't. I met a lot of those people in my own misadventures and you know they usually seemed a lot more down to earth and like normal than their kind of legend made them out to be um and yeah had some good times with some of those people but i remember just like hearing wild things and thinking they were like nutcases and then you meet them and it's like oh yeah we're friends how about that i love stuff like that i mean yeah trying to think about in college park I don't know. It wasn't like any spooky woods or anything like that. Oh, we my had dead girl woods by my house. <laughs> my brother has a great story about, I want to say maybe it was a Maryland basketball player named like Walt Williams. I think it was him. Either way, like there's like this infamous court on the University of uh, Maryland. Jesus, I almost said Washington. University of Maryland. Like I forget what the, but it was like the courts that everybody knew, like the best games run there. Like the, the college players played there. So the story is, I think it's my brother. It's like they show up there like on a Friday afternoon or something, and he like is about to get drafted or got drafted, and they're like, basically they're like hooping with future NBAers, like drinking forties. That's sick. <laughs> As I say, my favorite one used to be the original Red Robin, which that building's now gone. But the original Red Robin was a biker bar, and they had the sign in there, and the Robin had a spliff in his finger. Like he's holding a spliff and his eyes were all bloodshot and they tried to whiten him up over the years with the original sign because they used to sell uh, weed out of the bottom and then burgers up top. Dude, my uncle used to buy weed there. Yeah. True, er, true story. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's on like the northern part of Eastlake if people are looking for it. It's been replaced by a, a building called the Robin's Nest right by the University Bridge. Yeah, so I mean, if you ever went to that one, like when I first moved here, I mean, Christ, that had to be the summer of 07. I remember I went there and like, she was like, yeah, this is the original Robin. You know me. I'm like, no, fucking way. like no. Fucking way. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. 
Yeah, somewhere on my Facebook, I think I still have the picture. But like, yeah, and then it was like, this is the original one. They sold weed here. I had just gotten into weed. This was a massive deal for me. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to the West. <laughs> Boom. Uh, All right. Well, there you go. The original Red Robin story. That works for me. It's a good way to end it. Uh, let's see. I would say, unlike Matt, wear your sunscreen. Stay, stay protected out there. Good advice. <laughs> uh, if you're bald like me, make sure you wear the sunscreen. And then, uh, yeah, man, just be careful. Stay safe. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, for Cobb, for MCTP, the Ted Smith is the podcast. Cheers.